Hello and welcome to the One Man Renegade Podcast. I'm your host, Theon Berg B, and it is chapter 200. Yes, we made it all the way to 200. But also, it's the finale, part four, of the 2023 Movie Rank Countdown. So it all coincided, it all worked together, it all came together. Um, yeah, so if you missed parts one, two, or three, uh, where I counted down 80 to 21 of the movies that I watched, go back and listen to those. Also go listen to the 196 other episodes. Well, it's actually more than that, but go listen to all the previous podcasts, all the chapters, um, and uh, come back. Well, the most previous three were more important, but whatever, listen to all of them. And if you somehow stumble upon this and you're not subscribed yet to the podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon, or Spotify. Um, and then follow, like, share, subscribe, write a comment, write a review, give it five stars, whatever you can do on whatever platform you subscribe on. Also share it with everyone as well. Um, and then also, uh, you can check out the blog, razorvader.blogspot.com. If for some reason you don't want to subscribe on any of those things, you can also listen to it over there. Also check out some of my old blog posts and all sorts of craziness over there uh follow me on instagram and twitter at one man renegade uh also check out the facebook page which is one man renegade production because yes it's productions because there's also a youtube channel which is one man renegade productions head on over there subscribe over there watch all the videos over there um like all the videos share them comment on them all that fun stuff for youtube fun stuff and also for some reason you're interested in buying some stuff from me. I do have some stuff listed on eBay. So head on over to eBay. My seller name is Razor Vader. And you can uh, check out what I have to offer over there. Make some offers, buy some stuff. Uh, share it with other people. All that goodness. All right. We're here. We made it. It is the finale. It is Oscar Sunday. Coming up in a few hours. The Oscars um, from Los Angeles. The Dolby Theater. Um on ABC, uh, so I think it starts at 8, I'm not sure, there's probably red carpet stuff before that, whatever, uh, but uh, Jimmy Kimmel is the host, we'll talk about that later on when I do my predictions, because I do have some predictions, for, well, I have a suggestion more so than a prediction for the show, whether or not the Oscars will actually go forward with it is another uh, question, but uh, before we get to any of that, we're going to count down, in case you're, for some reason, you just like the finales, you like, you're one of those people that flips forward and reads the last chapter, uh, you, fa- you walk in at the end of a movie to see what happens at the end, you don't really care about the rest of it. For whatever reason, if you're one of those type of people, I'm going to list uh, 80 through 21 before we get to the top 20, just give you a recap, if you listen to the other episodes and forgot already, I don't know. Uh, again, this is just my ranking system. This is just the movies I watched. There could be movies that are better or worse than any of these movies that I saw uh, that I just didn't see. So they can't be on the list because I didn't see them. Uh, so please let me know in the comments what your favorite movies were, maybe what your least favorite movies were. Um, whatever comments or hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Get a hold of me somehow uh, and let me know. But um, And also... Before I get into any of the lists, and I, I, I think I forgot to say this at the beginning of the list every other time, but I remember this time because this is the most important. Uh, I will try my best not to spoil the movies, uh, ruin the movies by spo- completely spoiling them, but spoiler alert, there will be some spoilers, minor spoilers, plot spoilers. I will try my best not to completely spoil everything, but uh, there will definitely be some minor spoilers 
to some degree. I know some people like to go in fresh. They don't like to know anything. Uh, Frank Costanza, one of the the main the main people that that enjoyed just going in fresh. I like to go in fresh. I don't like to know anything. It's nothing to do with the plot. Doesn't matter. Sorry, I, I'm sorry for those people listening. I might be a little younger and don't get the twenty seven year old reference from Seinfeld or however many years it might be. Closer to 30 at this point. I don't remember what season that episode was specifically in. But, um, yeah, it's getting to the point where, I mean, it was 25 years ago that the finale of Seinfeld aired. I mean, it's on every day on Comedy Central still. And there's still on, is it on Hulu now or Netflix? I can't remember what streaming service it's on anymore. I feel like it's bounced around a bunch of different times. might be Netflix now, right? I can't remember. Anyways... Enough of the babbling. Let's get to the list. All right, so let's count down if you missed it. Uh, number 80 was Me Time. Number 79, A Day to Die. 78, Cursed Friends. 77, Shark Bait. 76, Blacklight. 75, Uma. 74, A Banquet. 73, Road. End of end of the Road. Uh, 72, Home Team. 71, Morbius. It's Morbin Time. Uh, 70, The Man from Toronto. 69, Firestarter. 68, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 67, Choose or Die, 66, They slash Them, 65, The Monsters, 64, Catch the Fair One, 63, Secret Headquarters, 62, Jurassic World Dominion, 61, Interceptor, 60, The Weekend Away, and I just lost my list, Uh, 59, Luckiest Girl Alive, Uh, 58, The Contractor, 57, Moonfall, 56, Corrective Measures, 55, Memory, 54, Metal Lords, 53, Don't Worry Darling, 52, Day Shift, 51, The Invitation, 50, Aqua Teen Teen Forever, Phantasm, uh, which I believe is going to be on Adult Swim next Sunday? Or is it this Sunday? Or is it today? I think it's next Sunday, I believe, just in case you're a fan of that show and haven't seen the movie yet. Uh, Let me double check so I'm not making up stuff. I feel like I saw an ad for it um, that it was going to be on Adult Swim. It's going to have its debut. Um, No, well, it's not this Sunday, so it must be next Sunday. So, uh, yeah, the the 19th. So after you're done celebrating all your... um, I guess technically it's 20th because it's not midnight, but once you're done celebrating... Um, all your St. Patrick's Day weekend stuff and you're sick of uh, college basketball, check out some Aqua Teen Forever Phantasm. Sorry, keep going. 59, sorry, 49. The Final Rose, 48. The In-Between, 47. Good Night, Mommy, 46. Night Ride, 45. Uncharted, 44. I Came By, 43. Emergency, 42. Studio 666, 41. Halloween Ends, 40. The Surprise Visit, Visit, uh, 39, Black Adam, followed by 38, The Adam Project, 37, Clerks 3, 36, The Lost City, 35, Nope, 34, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, 33, C for Me, 32, I Want You Back, 31, uh, 13 Lives. Yeah, some of these I did on purpose. I know, I realize it's stupid, but it's like they kind of just fall in the same cat. 31, 13, mm. 37 for Clerks. I know Adam Project. I know sometimes my list is just for list purposes. 
rather than whatever. But it's like if they just fall kind of in the same category, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Thor, Thunder, Love and Love, uh, Love and Thunder was number thirty. Windfall twenty nine. Um, Orphan First Kill twenty eight. X twenty seven. Scream. 26, Hellraiser, 25, 24 was Fresh, 23 was Ambulance, 22, A Man Called Otto, and 21, Avatar, The Way of Water. Uh, So now you get to the top 20. Coming in at number 20, this is a Sony movie. Came out on April 5th, made $30 million opening weekend, 103 domestic, 239 worldwide, 54% Rotten Tomato, 49% Metacritic 7.3 in the IMDb got a B plus cinema score. I didn't see it in theaters. I watched it on Netflix, and it is Bullet Train. Um, yeah, so Brad Pitt, along with a bunch of other people, are on a train, um, and chaos ensues. Basically, uh, this is pretty good. I mean, I, I mean, I get, I got so the I get I forget his name. Uh, I always blank on his name. The guy from Atlanta. Uh, Paperboy from Atlanta, uh, that guy is in the movie, and he's he gets a little too much with the Thomas the Tank Engine stuff. Um, I, I was like, all right, enough with the Thomas the Tank. I get it. You're on a train. It's a bullet train, train, blah blah blah. But it was a little too much with that. That part kind of annoyed me because I mean, I probably watched Thomas the Tank Engine. I don't know if was Thomas the Tank Engine a show when I was little. I know it was a. I think like it was a book, maybe. I don't know. But regardless, I was like, enough for the Thomas Thinking stuff. Uh, nice cameos from Ryan Reynolds, Sandra Bullock, and Ch- uh, Ch- Ch- uh, uh, Channing Tatum. So I referenced this earlier in the, one of the earlier episodes with The Lost City. is um, That wasn't the only movie that Channing Tatum, Brad Pitt, and Ch- Sandra Bullock were in together. Although uh, a lot less in this movie. Um, it was a very brief appearance by... Uh, well... Ryan Reynolds is even briefer, but, um, regardless, uh, chaos, cool stuff, um, I don't know, it's, it's pretty violent, it's pretty insane stuff going on in it, but, uh, uh, lots of gunfights, lots of whatever fights, lots of fighting, on a train, um, I mean, it kinda... I don't wanna say it reminded me... It's, it wasn't quite Snowpiercer. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to think of movies that were on trains. It's not Throw Mama from the Train. Uh, what was the one with um, Commuter? Was that was with uh, with uh, uh, Liam Neeson from a few years ago? Kind of reminded me a little bit of that one. Uh, maybe a little bit of oh, what's the one with? Oh, what was that one with Jake Gyllenhaal? But like, he went, he kept going back in time. Or he was back in time or something. Oh, what was that? Was a good movie. Now I'm blanking on the name of it. Anyways, I'm just talking about movies that were set on trains at this point. There was a girl on the train. Um, that one was weird, but all right. Anyways, that's my number twenty. Moving on, number nineteen. Uh, this movie came out December second. Universal film made thirteen point four million dollars opening weekend. Forty nine uh, domestic, seventy five worldwide, sixty six. Rotten Tomato, 54, IM, uh, Metacritic, 7, IMDb, B+, Cinema Score. I did actually see this in theaters, and it is Violent Night. So, I mean, uh, it's basically Die Hard mixed a little bit with 
Home Alone and with Santa Claus. I mean, I don't know else what you wanted from a action movie for Christmas action movies starring Santa Claus. But, I mean, this is pretty much pretty good, you know. Um, you know, it's not your run-of-the-mill uh, holiday film, for sure. I mean, a lot of people have the debate on whether Die Hard is necessarily a Christmas movie. I don't think you can debate this one because it stars Santa Claus as, you know, the 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 John McClane character. Um, there are elements of Home Alone in it, but those are done more purposely because... They referenced the Home Alone movie. Uh, I think at one point they made some. They, there's a clip of some one of the girls, like the little girl, watching it or something. At one point, I think. So it's like, okay, they're aware the Home Alone references, the Die Hard stuff. I think you know is, you know, I mean they're aware in the movie of the Die Hard stuff, uh, the or, sorry the the Home Alone stuff. But I think the homage to Die Hard is a little supposed to be a little more subtle. They never reference Die Hard, Hard specifically, but obviously there's it's very much Die Hard uh, to some degree. Um, whether you want to go Die Hard one or two, I mean, neither, there aren't. It's not set in you know a skyscraper or air, airport, but it is set at Christmas, like those two movies were. Obviously, the later Die Hards were set other places, but um, had different kind of plot lines. Whereas the first two were pretty much. The same thing. They're just ones at an airport, ones at a skyscraper for the most part. But um, yeah, so I mean, definitely a good movie. Very enjoyable. Will be on the holiday watch list for years and years to come, I, I'd, I'd imagine. Um, but uh, cool stuff. And Beverly D'Angelo's in there, you know. So uh, a little, uh, you know, t- a tip of the nod to uh, uh, Christmas Vacation, I suppose, as well. Um, all right, so moving on. We got uh, number 18. It uh, Universal Film came out <clears throat> November 11th, made 161 million, uh, sorry, 161,000 dollars opening weekend, 17 million um, domestic, 20 million worldwide. Of course, these numbers are as of uh, February 20th, I believe is when I did the cutoff. 92% on Rotten Tomato, 84 Metacritic, 7.6 IMDB. Uh, no cinema score because I believe it was a limited release when it first came out. Didn't see it in theaters, and it is the Fablemans. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, so this is Steven Spielberg movie, which is somewhat autobiographical, I guess. I mean, obviously, you know, um, I don't think they specifically. It's not. It's not. I don't know. I don't think they specifically say that, but obviously, there's some elements of that as it's about of. You know, a kid uh, that uh, wants to grow up and make movies. So, I mean, obviously, Steven Spielberg um, had some, you know, history with that. But it, you know, goes more deeper than that with the whole family and the family, this family's dynamic, and uh, them, you know, uh, living, you know, in the I guess it's the '60s, '70s. I don't know. I can't remember exactly what in um, in uh, Arizona and getting moved around for purposes uh, the and whatever and the kind of family just all you know being a family um meanwhile the kid is uh trying to uh make films and and everything it's like it's not bad but also it's kind of like meh you know it's like it's just one of those movies i know it's nominated and stuff but it's just kind of like yeah i mean it's fine 
but it's like why <laughs> you know it's, it's just one of those type of movies but um in any event uh yes yeah, so that's my number 18 uh number 17 disney movie or more specifically marvel also came out november 11th made 181 million dollars opening weekend 453 domestic 855 worldwide uh, 84% on Rotten Tomatoes 67 Metacritic 7.4 on IMDb it got an A uh, I did see it in theaters and it is Black Panther Wakanda Forever um, you know I'm going to say kind of the same sort of similar thing about this movie um that I did about Avatar, The Way of the Water, in that it is a sequel, but essentially it's basically the same movie over again. And while Avatar, they did that for whatever reason, Black this Black Panther movie, I think, you know, did it because it had to, for, for most part, because obviously uh, 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 Chad McBoseman passed away and they couldn't use the T'Challa character anymore. They weren't going to recast him or anything like that. So it's like, all right, well, now you need a new Black Panther. Uh, so, you know, the Suri character, you know, takes up the helm. I mean, and you kind of have to go through the whole process of that character then becoming the Black Panther. So it's like, well, that's sort of what we kind of saw in the first film. Um, and they were doing it over again. Meanwhile, Wakanda's under attack because, of course, it is because that's, you know, what it is. Uh, but, uh, you know, and then you get the the um, Neymar character introduced. And Neymar's a weird character because, he, you know, he's kind of one of those characters, like, sometimes good, sometimes bad, depending on the situation. And while he's bad, it's a typical Marvel villain where it's like he's bad, but for good reasons. Ultimately, he's trying to save his 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 world or whatever, so it's like, I get it, um, there's also blue people in the movie, so, similar to Avatar, I guess, in that regard, but that's sort of, that's sort of another thing, um, but also a lot of Aquaman stuff in there too, but also water, so Avatar also, I don't know, it's just, it's kind of like, if you showed, like, a random clip from this movie, and you had to guess whether it was from Avatar, Aquaman, or Black Panther, you'd be like, I don't know, (laughs) A bunch of blue people in the water. I, whatever. It could be anywhere. <laughs> could be any of those movies. Um, but, um, I don't know. So, a lot of elements are kind of similar in some some degree. More more so, I could think with... Well, I don't know. I would say more so with Aquaman, but not really. Very much av- the new Avatar, anyways, uh, as well. But, regardless of all that, um, not bad... But again, you know, I talked about this before with the other Marvel movies I mentioned. It's kind of like, I just don't know where they're going with the new uh, phases of the Marvel. Uh, you know, eventually it's all going to link up, you know. Well, and again, I, you know, obviously Ant-Man came out. I've already seen Ant-Man. Not part of this list because that's 2023. It'll be on next year's list. But, uh, you know, that one at least it's like, all right, now we have kind of the villain established because obviously we know that king the conqueror is going to be like the thanos of this phase but it's like how does that relate to black panther i mean it will all get connected i guess at some point i mean but right now it's kind of in that weird beginning phase where it's like how's this stuff connected which i guess to be fair the beginning of mcu you didn't really know either but it's like because they've done it so much 
Now it's kind of like, uh, wait, what? But why is Thor not helping? Oh, yeah, Thor's not in this movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. But you know, you know what I mean. It's, it's just like, but we know Thor knows where Wakanda is. He's been there. Why wouldn't he help? Um, or whatever. But, um, all right, let's move on to number sixteen because we're going to talk about it some more. Uh, there's also Disney, specifically Marvel Studios. A movie uh, came out March, or sorry, April, uh, can't, can't read months, May 6th, uh, made $187 million opening weekend, $411 million domestic, $955 million worldwide, 74% on Rotten Tomato, 60 IMDb, 6.9, no, sorry, 60 on Metacritic, 6.9 IMDb, um, it got a B+, plus. Uh, Metacritic, oh no, CinemaScore, what am I talking about? CinemaScore, I did see in theater, it is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Now, this movie, I think, suffered from the delays, because this movie was supposed to have come out before Spider-Man No Way Home, and obviously, since Spider-Man No Way Home came out before this movie, um, it changed things and obviously changed things for Spider-Man as well. But I feel like you did the stuff in Spider-Man before you did it in Doctor Strange. And it kind of makes it seem like, eh, you know, it's like, eh, we already did this. Uh, okay, let's do some more. But it's like, I don't know. I feel like there was elements of it that probably would have been better had they happened before. You know what I mean? And originally it was supposed to. So, I mean, obviously the multiverse stuff was interesting. Um, I feel like it it didn't do as much as it could have done with it. Um, but I feel like a lot of that's because of... Uh, a lot of that was because, you know, it's just the Doctor Strange movie. It's not... An uh, you know uh, uh, Avengers movie, um, whereas I think if they'd done more so with the Avengers, like if they'd done multiverse with the Avengers, which we kind of seen with What If uh, on Disney Plus, I feel like it would have been better. Now, obviously, they bring in you know the Fantastic, or they you know they establish the Fantastic Four and the X Men sort of. Because while, yes, they did have Mr. Fantastic and Professor X, they were in a different universe, you know? So it's like, well, a different time, you know, different multiverse or whatever, whatever you want to call it. So it's like, well, they sort of exist, but not in this multiverse. So do they really exist? It's like, if if, I'm, if, if, uh, if an X-Men exists in a different multiverse, does it really, does it make a sound type of thing? It's like, well... Sort of, but like, you know, you know, eventually they're going to do something with the X-Men and Fantastic Four. I mean, they do have the Fantastic Four movie planned. They haven't necessarily specifically said anything about the X-Men, but, you know, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out because it's like, well, then what are you doing with the X-Men? Because it's like, well, you already established that you, I mean, because you had the, the one set of X-Men and then you did one in the past and had another set of X-Men. But then it's like, well, they all are gone now, suppose, you know, theoretically. Um, 
or, or don't exist in this universe. But yet somehow Deadpool's going to be in here and and Wolverine's going to be in here and it's going to be the Wolverine from that, you know, it's going to be Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. So how does that make sense? And I know they made fun of that with like one of the announcements of it, but regardless, I don't know. But anyways, in terms of this specific Doctor Strange movie, I guess uh, at number 16 on my list, I enjoyed it. But I just thought there was more they could do with it. And as far as multiverse movies go, wasn't the best of the year. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, Alright, moving on to number 15. Uh, this is a, another Disney movie. Technically, I think it's 20th century, but whatever. Um, came out May 27th. Made $12 million opening weekend, 31 uh, domestic, 34 worldwide, 88% on Rotten Tomatoes, 75 Metacritic, 7 on the IMDb, got an A in cinema score. I didn't see it in theaters, but it is the Bob's Burgers movie. Um, so, yeah, this, I mean, obviously it's tough for a TV show to have a movie while it's still a TV show. I mean, we saw it with Simpsons. We've seen it with, you know, South Park did it way back when. Um, another thing we're going to talk about in a minute it did it twice now sort of kind of we'll talk about it um and there's other ones that i can't think i think sex sex in the city was i can't remember was sex in the city still going when it did the movie or was it over and then the movie was after this show potentially i can't remember see i feel like that's an easier way to do it um where the shows if the show's done then you do the movie to kind of you know whatever um, you know, or re, re, reboot it, or revamp it, or re, whatever, however you want to call it, whatever you want to call it these days, but like, you know, you need to do the movie after the show's over, it makes sense, but when you do the sh- movie while the show's still going on, it can get a little weird, I mean, for cartoons, does it really matter all that much? Probably not, uh, but, you know, it's kind of like, oh, this is just really, you know, it's like a really long episode of of Bob's Burgers instead of like oh this feels like a movie but to that degree it's not bad but it's like if you put, picked this out as opposed to any handful of episodes of Bob Burgers we'd be like oh this is so much better or grander than the show I don't know you know I mean it tries to be I mean so did the Simpsons movie so did the South Park movie um uh, and I guess in some regards it probably is. Uh, I mean, certainly with the South Park movie. But that was more because, like, hey, we can't say the F word on television, but we can say the F word um, um, in a movie. But with, um, you know, Bob's Burgers, they didn't go to those extremes. I mean, they kept it in line. I mean, sort of the Simpsons movie. Um, you know, they kept it in line with what the audience was and what people watched the show. Uh, for the most part, and, you know, the same people that are watching the show on Sunday night will watch the show, you know, watch the movie, and, and, and you know, it's going to be fine. Um, so there we go, Bob's Burgers. I mean, I do enjoy the show, so I enjoyed the movie. I mean, I just, that's kind of how it works. Uh, number 15. All right, moving on to number 14. This one's going to be... This one's an interesting pick, but I had to... It was... I enjoyed it. And it, it, it's a, it was a Roku original, which is a bit awkward to begin with. Uh, came out uh, November 4th, 
So there, uh, no no box office numbers. That eighty as eighty four Rotten Tomatoes, seventy Metacritic, seven IMDb. Uh, no CineScore, obviously. No, I didn't see it in theaters. Uh, and it is weird, the Al Yankovic story. So, given the nature of Weird Al, and yes, I am definitely harking back to my you know younger self uh, with this. As I am with the next movie, too. Not to spoil anything, but... Um, I was a big fan of Weird Al back in the day. You know, back in, you know, 80s, 90s. Um, you know, grew up a little bit. So in the 2000s and beyond, I don't... You know, as he was starting to do parodies of songs I, I wasn't even aware of. So, you know, it gets a little tougher to really care as much. And, you know, there's a certain humor element of Weird Al that, you know... You know, it's it's a point as at a point, but given with all the uh, recent, I guess um, you know biopics or whatever, Elton John, you got your Queen, uh, you know whatever, um, you know even going back to like the Doors and stuff. Um, Weird Al, of course, you know is gonna do a parody basically of the things he does parodies of. So it's like. It's kind of based off his life, but totally not because it's totally a parody of the other sort of um, biopics. So in that regard, it's like, oh, yeah, none of this really happened or certainly not the way he describes it. But at the same time, yeah, some of it sort of happened. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, lots of cameos and stuff in it as well. So um, so cool, cool stuff. I mean, it's weird. Al. I mean. You know, it's Harry Potter as Weird Al, which is also a little weird. No pun intended, I guess. Uh, but yeah, Daniel Radcliffe starring as Weird Al Yankovic. Um, yeah, I mean, some of, some of the parts get absolutely ridiculous. It's like, yeah, none of this happened. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so, but obviously it's, it's you know, it's meant to be a parody so, or a joke you know, or whatever. You know, I mean, it's Weird Al, so it's, you kind of expect that, so... But certainly um, enjoyable movie uh, for Unroku, which was the other kind of weird thing. Uh, now, supposedly Weird Al wanted Roku to um, release it in theaters so it could be technically nominated. Um, see, I still don't know how that totally works because, I mean, I guess, it, yeah, it would have been like a limited release in theaters or something. I guess apparently they said no. <laughs> but so, because he wanted... He wanted to do a song that got nominated for an Oscar or whatever, but it didn't end up happening, I guess. Um, but, oh well. Uh, so that's my number 14. Uh, moving on to number 13. And this movie is kind of in the same vein of the previous two movies, to some degree. And we'll get to it. This Paramount movie came out um, on Paramount Plus on June 23rd. Uh, 97%. Rotten Tomato, a 70 a Metacritic, and then 97%, I don't know, it's, it's a bit, I think that's skewed quite a bit, uh, but 70% uh, Metacritic, 7 IMDb, uh, no cinema score, obviously didn't see it in theaters, and it's Beavis and Butthead do the universe. So, yeah, so the sequel, if you will, to Beavis and Butthead do America, although again, like I said with the Bob's Burgers, it, that one was released with the show was still going on, so it's like, well, then there was more show after that. So it's like, and again, it's Beavis and Butthead, so I don't know how much that matters. Uh, they then came back, what was it, like 
10-ish years ago for one season that didn't really do well because it was on MTV and MTV was a completely different place of as to where it was when the show originally was on. It should have come back on Comedy Central or something along those lines, um, which it did. It has now, although they jumped the gun with it and released it all on Paramount+. Plus. But now it's airing on Comedy Central, which is a bit weird. But this was like the jump off for that with doing the movie, which then led kind of into the new season, which honestly I haven't watched it all yet. Uh, while I did enjoy this movie, for sure, um, it is number 13 on my list. You know, it harkens back to the old Beavis and Butthead does. So yes, there is a certain element of of comedy that, yeah, when I was... 10 13 14 15 whatever uh it, it it you know was super funny to me whereas as an older adult i mean it's still funny but the jokes sort of the same <laughs> for the same same part is like yeah okay i yeah but it's we haven't you haven't you haven't involved too much uh which was fine in you know in the in the dose of the movie it's like oh yeah beeps and butthead yeah they were funny and the movie i liked uh, but I've watched a couple of episodes of the show, and I'm just kind of like, oh yeah, I'm not 12 anymore, or whatever. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, it's it's funny, but like, it, I feel like I've seen it all before. Um, and then you you know the whole elements of the, you know, the fact that the music videos and whatever, which you know at the time when it originally Beavis and Butt originally came, it was so like new and different and cool. But it's like again, it's like, yeah, all right, we've done this. And it's like, then they try to do new stuff, and it's like, yeah, I'd rather them just make fun of, go back and make fun of old videos, you know? It's like, I mean, who watched music videos? Like, I don't know that any of these music videos, that the, you know, the newer music videos. Are then, but then they just, like, watch YouTube clips and stuff, and it's like, I get it, they're trying to do something different. But it's like, I'd rather them just watch, like, old, terrible 80s videos and make fun of them. Because that's, you know, that, that was funny. That was, that was half the fun of the show. Uh, but anyways, um... Yeah, Beavis and Butthead, uh, do the universe uh, again? Um, un- I mean, I know I had this ahead of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but it is somewhat of a multiverse movie. More so, I mean, it says do the universe, but it's kind of there's also multiverse stuff involved. So I don't know. I mean, I don't think that's why it's better than Doctor Strange, and that wasn't really what I was referencing when I said it wasn't the best multiverse movie. Uh, we'll get there. Um. Uh, but, uh, regardless, Beavis and Butt Do the Universe is my number, uh, 13. Um, alright, number 12, uh, this movie came out on April 22nd, Lionsgate movie, uh, made seven, little over seven million dollars opening weekend, 20 million domestic, 28 million worldwide, 87% Rotten Tomatoes, 68 Metacritic, 7 on the IMDb, you got a B plus cinema score. I did actually see this in theaters, and it is the unbearable weight of massive talent. Um, the Nick Cage movie, yes, Nick Cage. Um, so I enjoyed this movie. It's it's very dumb. Uh, it's very well. I mean, it's very Nick Cage, but it's you know aware of himself, Nick Cage. So that's you know something to be um aware of because you know obviously nick cage has done a lot of movies and a lot of the movies i feel like he's you know trying to be you know a serious actor and serious stuff and it's like this movie is stupid 
and what are you doing in the cage? But I feel like in the more recent years, he's kind of realized that he's kind of understands what his place is or like, you know, what his perception is in, in some of the movies he does for sure. So I feel like he's gone in, in, it leaned into that, so, you know, especially with this movie for sure. Uh, but, uh, um, uh, what's his Pedro Pascal is kind of like this, you know, big wig guy or, you know, supposedly that, you know, was a really big fan of him and wants him to come to this house. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of weirdness that happens and chaos and, and twists and turns and, and everything too. Who's working for who, who's on whose side, all that sort of thing. Uh, but it's also very like, kind of goofy, kind of like, you know, you know, there's a goofy element behind it because Nick Cage, but it's Nick Cage. It's not Nick Cage, you know, if that makes sense. Um, I mean, it's supposed to be, but it's, you know, it's kind of weird in that degree, but it's a very enjoyable movie. Um, very funny at points. Uh, I mean, the plot or whatever is fine, but, you know, it's, you know, it, it was a good movie. Um, all right. Number 11. Uh, this is a focus movie. Came out on March eighteenth. Made one point five million dollars opening weekend. A little bit over three point three. Domestic four million worldwide. Did eighty five percent. Has eighty five percent Rotten Tomatoes. Sixty nine Metacritic. Seven point one IMDb. Uh, doesn't have a cinema score because I guess it was kind of a limited release. I suppose I don't know. Uh, but I did actually see it in theaters. It is the outfit. Um, so this one, this one was kind of an interesting, you know, idea because it's all set within like this uh, clothing store, basically. Um, but there's like, so basically, there's this guy. It works, so he owns this this outfit, this uh, this store, and does a lot of, you know, does you know, makes suits and tailors and is a tailor and whatever, and works as woman, but you know. Um, essentially knows some people and, you know, these people come in and use his place of business to do some shenanigans, uh, and then something kind of goes wrong and, and, you know, a situation arises and, and everyone gets caught up in this, in this situation and there's some twists and turns and people working for who and who believes who and, and, and all sorts of stuff like that, um, it was very good. It was very compelling, uh, uh, you know, tense at times and, and, uh, you know, quite a, kind of, you know, a bit of a mystery to some degree cause you don't know, quite know what's going on. Uh, but yeah, definitely a solid movie. Uh, uh, I enjoyed it and yeah, that's my number 11. All right. We're, we're at it. We're here. We're at the top 10. We are here. So, all right. So, my number 10 is a, a Warner Brothers movie that came out on June 24th. Uh, made $31 million opening weekend, 150 uh, domestic, 285 worldwide, 77% on, <coughs> excuse me, Rotten Tomatoes, 64 Metacritic, uh, 73, 7.3 IMDb, A- minus in the cinema score. I didn't see it in theaters. And it's Elvis. So yeah, this one was on, I watched on HBO Max, and I was kind of like, eh, you know, I wasn't, I mean, you know, it was that whole thing, and was it Pulp Fiction, I believe, where it's like, are you an Elvis guy, or you're a Beatles guy, or whatever, 
So for me, definitely Beatles over Elvis. And, you know, but growing up, like, you know, my parents were somewhat fans of Elvis, but I feel like they listened to more Beatles than Elvis. So, you know, I was obviously aware of Elvis, but whatever. I, but, you know, obviously he died before I was born. I mean, so did John Lennon, I suppose. So never really got the full, you know, whole thing about Elvis or really the Beatles. But, you know, uh, I could, I don't know. I, I don't know. But the point of that is, um, after watching this movie, I kind of realized, oh, wow. Yeah, Elvis had some bangers, man. So, like, I I got more kind of, I would say, I would say completely into Elvis movie. But I definitely, definitely started listening to a little bit more Elvis. And then I realized, oh, yeah, it was some of it's good and some of it's eh, a little too country for my liking or whatever. But regardless... Uh, the movie itself, uh, the the actor that we'll talk about in a little bit, whose name I'm escaping me at the moment, who plays Elvis, he's, he's nominated, so we'll talk about it. Um, Austin Butler. Um, and obviously got Tom Hanks playing the Colonel. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was very enjoyable. I mean, obviously, I, I, you know, like I said, I don't, I didn't know too much about Elvis, you know, outside of like, oh, he was on Ed Sullivan that one time and whatever. <laughs> but it's like, okay. Uh, and he died on the toilet or whatever. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he, you know, obviously had a bunch of songs. And he shot a TV once, I think, right? Or something. <laughs> so so I'm like, okay, all right. So, you know, it goes into more of the backstory with, um, you know, his life and, and you know, and uh, obviously um, his, uh, you know, dealings with his management and stuff and in fact they never really did anything outside of the United States which was very intriguing to me um you know he always kind of wanted to do big world tours and whatever and just never it never happened uh because of you know stuff um but also you know the, all the stuff with his like his family and whatever and um with um Priscilla and then Lisa Marie who unfortunately passed away what was that was that like two months ago at this point? Um, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but a little, yeah, two months ago, two months ago today, uh, she passed away. So obviously I watched this before she did, but she has now passed away. Um, but yeah, so a lot of that elements and stuff was, was interesting to me. I didn't know a lot of that because obviously I wasn't alive. So, uh, but yeah, so I mean, Definitely a good movie, and you know, again, Elvis, you know, had some bangers for sure, uh, for sure, um, and also did some good versions of other people's songs as well. So, uh, definitely was checking out a lot of the music after that for sure. Um, but um, yeah, Elvis is my number ten. All right, moving on to number nine, Paramount movie came out on uh, September thirtieth. Did twenty two million dollar, twenty two point six million dollars opening weekend, one hundred five. Domestic, 216 worldwide, 80% on Rotten Tomato, 68 Metacritic, 6.6 IMDb. As a B- uh, on Cinema Score. I didn't see it in theaters, and it is Smile. Um, so this stars Kevin Bacon's uh, daughter. She was in a better horror movie than Kevin Bacon was this year. Just saying, just saying. You know, you know, they, you know. But Kevin Bacon, you know, wasn't, obviously, Friday the 13th as well, so, yeah. Props props to Kevin Bacon in his horror movies. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, so, uh, and an interesting concept to this movie. 
it kind of reminded me um, a little bit of It Follows in a way, you know, sort of a different take on that because, like, obviously, uh, It Follows was had, um, well, I don't know. I mean, it's similar in, in a way where there's this element that just follows people around and, and appears as someone smiling and, you know, and, and it, it was a creepy smile and then, you know, all, you know stuff end up, Goes from there. Um, didn't totally love the ending. I'll be honest. I thought the ending was a little bit mm, meh uh, compared to what like. And I guess I could say. I mean, a lot. That's a problem with a lot of horror movies, and I feel like they even make fun of that in It Two, Chapter Two, where it's like, yeah, it's great until the end, and then it's just, the end kind of falls apart. And it's like, well, and then the end falls apart. It's like, oh, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like. And they even, you know, they even kind of reference it with Stephen King sort of thing. And it's like, yeah, uh, maybe that's just the issue with horror movies. It's kind of like, you have to end them, you know? You can't, they can't just keep going. And I feel like that's a lot of times why a lot of horror movies have sequels. Because it's like, well, can we just go, keep, keep, keep going with this? You know, the, the killer, killer's not dead. That's the scariest part, you know? It's like, oh, okay, yeah. So, I mean, I didn't love the ending. I mean, obviously... You do a sequel. There's no reason why you can't do a sequel to a horror movie. <laughs> so, I, I suppose it's set up for a sequel. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but, yeah. Definitely solid. Uh, solid horror movie. So, solid new idea, too. Because that's the thing. problem with a lot of the horror movies is they're remaking whatever. It's, it's, it's a Stephen King thing again. So, it's like to have a new kind of new idea um, out there. That's good, because obviously there's a million horror films every year. Uh, but it's like, have we seen this before? Is this just kind of a take on something else? Uh, so, to, to, I mean, and, and I said, and even still, it kind of reminded me of It Falls, but, you know, a different take on it, a different, different elements to it. Kind of The Ring, too. Uh, so, kind of The Ring, It Falls, kind of similar in those kind of ways. Um, maybe in The Grudge to some degree, too, but different. And not different enough that it's not didn't feel like I was watching the same movie again, but it definitely reminded me of some of that sort of stuff. Uh, but all right, moving on to number eight, um, Universal film came out June twenty fourth, uh, twenty three million dollars opening weekend, eighty nine uh, domestic, one hundred and fifty nine worldwide, eighty three percent Rotten Tomato, sixty five uh, Metacritic, six point nine IMDb, got a B plus. Uh, cinema score I didn't see in theaters, and it is the Black Phone. So again, we're just continue the story because it's gonna, you know, it kind of. There's gonna be a lot of this within the next couple movies. We're kind of having the same sort of um, talk because these are horror movies that had just brought a different element to to you know kind of a newer idea, not just a remake or a rehash. Um, but the black phone, I mean, sure, it's got similar elements to other movies, you know, Silence of the Lambs, I suppose, a little bit. Um, even the Fresh movie I mentioned that was earlier on my list, to some degree, different, different, you know, way about it or whatever, sure. Uh, but then there's other elements to this movie that are completely, like, the phone itself. Yeah, I mean, yes, it's about this weird, eccentric, you know, guy that kidnaps people and whatever, but then there's this phone that the kidnapper, the kidnappees, can like sort of talk to each other and 
different time it's like a time phone sort of thing so yeah and uh, you know ultimately i thought it was that was a cool idea um the kind of the ending was a little okay wow i didn't quite see that coming but again you know not to spoil anything but it's a little silence of the lambish because you're 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 seeing this you know house and it's like well wait a minute is that the house or is it a different house um but anyways uh, i don't want to spoil anything try not to anyways but uh definitely cool movie ethan hawk playing a really creepy bad guy with the mask and whatever uh so uh yeah so there we go that uh, black phone is number eight. Uh, moving on, similar in the staying within the similar vein. Um, this movie, uh, technically it's a Disney, but I, I just wrote down Disney because I like they're all lumped together. So I might have been a twentieth century. I'm guessing it's a searchlight film actually, but regardless, it's all lope, roped into Disney. Uh, but uh, this movie came out on November eighteenth. Made nine million dollars opening weekend. Thirty eight. Um, which is actually weird now that I think about that's a Disney because I watch, I definitely watch this on HBO Max, but I'm guessing it was like a searchlight thing and I don't know. Some of their deals they have with some of those older movies or with, I don't know. It's, it's always weird to me which sometimes where, where these movies end up based off of what studio they are, why they're be on what streaming platform, but I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, uh, $9 million opening weekend, $38 million, uh, uh, domestic 79 worldwide 88% Rotten Tomatoes 71 Metacritic 7.2 on IMDb it got a B cinema score I didn't see in theaters like I said I watched an HBO match HBO Max um, and it is the menu so again a horror movie interesting concept um, I mean horror I mean I wouldn't say this is a straight up horror movie it's more of a but I mean, it's got horror horror ish elements to it. Um, so these people all get invited to this ho- exclusive ho- uh, or exclusive uh, restaurant that's on like an island, and they get you know you stay there, and you get you know you get your prepared your meal, and blah blah blah, and yeah, very very exclusive um, clientele and. It's you know, a bunch of different, uh, uh, you know, uh, one of my uh, courses and whatever. Uh, Ralph Fiennes is like this very, you know, eccentric uh, chef and whatever. So, but there's lots of rules you gotta follow and everything and and uh, so I mean the basic plot is you know they're all at this thing and then they're going through the me- the meal. But Anna Taylor Joy's character wasn't actually supposed to be there. It was supposed to be someone else. So it throws everything off. And now there's twists and turns. But yet, you know, there's a creepy element to all the stuff that's happening in the meals and how much information is known about all the people. And it it all just unravels and then you find out what's going to happen and you know it, it, it's it wasn't it it's a pretty good movie and you know it's got you know horror-ish elements i would say but you know i wouldn't say it's a horror movie per se but there's twists and turns and and uh you know you're not quite sure exactly what's going on or what's going to happen um but um it's a good movie that's my number seven moving on to number 
six. Now this goes against probably what I said about the other ones, but I think it was a well done. Um, so this movie came out, it was a Hulu original, came out August 5th. So no box office numbers or anything. 93% Rotten Tomatoes, 71 IMDb, sorry, 71 um, Metacritic, 7.2 IMDb. No cinema score, obviously didn't see in theaters. And it is Prey. Um, with an E. Prey with an E. I guess that's important. And it it's a Predator movie. It's a sequel to the Predator. Because Predators, the alien Predator, the, not the alien, but Predator, the, the alien species Predators, the Predators, whatever they're, whatever they're, uh, have come to Earth before. So this one is set like in colonial times with cowboys and Indians and sort of, sort of stuff. Um, and they're sort of like, you know, I don't know. So the, so, you know, the Indians or, you know, whatever on their land and, or sorry, I should say Native Americans, my bad. Um, and, you know, they're trying to avoid being, you know, going against the cavalry or whatever, but yet all of a sudden they're kind of in the woods area and, you know, the predator shows up and starts killing off people. And it's kind of, you know, it's very predator. I mean, it is predator. It is a predator. So it's it's got the predator elements to it and everything like that. But it's a prequel. I don't know. I just thought it was really good. You know, I mean, obviously, other than the original Predator, all the other Predator movies haven't really been great. Even the most recent one uh, that they did a few years ago was fine, but it wasn't anything spectacular. Uh, so, you know, they went, they did a prequel, which I know is a kind of a, cop-out way to do it but sure whatever but they said it so far back before any other ones it's like all right well okay that i guess that sort of works and makes sense um but yeah i thought it was really good i mean it's probably the best i mean it's obviously the best predator movie you know other than the original predator but um as far as a structured movie it might be better but it's not going to beat Predator. I mean, the original. Of course not. Um, but yeah, there we go. I mean, I don't really know. what I I, I feel like... Hmm, I don't know if they're going to do a sequel, but I feel like they were going to do something with it. because. But it's tough because it's a prequel. So it's like, well, how much can you really do? I don't know. But I'm sure you can. Uh, but what was I reading? But now, but I might just be confusing this with the um, uh, yeah. So I don't know. It says like they may do more stuff. So prize on the rule. Yeah. So there's yeah. There's talk of doing another prequel. So I don't know, but um, set even before then. So I don't. I mean, I guess if you keep doing prequels, you keep doing prequels, prequels, and prequels. It's just the pack. When you keep doing sequels, it's like, well, I mean, I guess you could, but at the same time, it's like something's got to end, right? Or I don't know. I guess not, but maybe I don't know. I don't even know where the storyline specifically went with Predators uh, going forward. I mean, and I know that the newest one was fine. 
But then there was Predators, which was... Yeah. And the Alien vs. Predator movies were interesting. But it's like, do they... Do, are they canon? Do they count? Like, I, who knows? But anyways, um... Yeah, so that's my number... Six? What did I say? Is that six? Yeah. So, number five, uh, Warner Brothers movie came out March 4th. Uh, made $134 million opening weekend, $369 uh, million domestic, $770 worldwide, 85% Rotten Tomatoes, 72 Metacritic, 7.8 IMDb, got an A minus Metacritic. I did see it in theaters, and it is The Batman. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, when they originally announced that they were doing another new Batman movie, it was kind of like, ah. Again, another one, you know, and obviously there's elements to this that were originally supposed to be kind of, um, you know, the continuation of the Ben Affleck character and ultimately he dropped out and I think he were, I think originally he was supposed to write, star, direct and do all this stuff and then, then that didn't happen and, and then I think he was still supposed to be in it, um, but uh, what's his face that I'm blanking on his name, but I will talk about it in a second. Um, Matt Reeves took over kind of for, for everything. And, you know, I think originally I think Ben Affleck was still supposed to be in it, but then he dropped out and then they brought in Robert Pattinson and they kind of be like, all right, well, now we got to do something completely different with this because it's, it's a different, you know, time frame of Batman. Um, but, I mean, you know, it's a great cast, obviously. I mean, you got Zoe Kravitz as, you know, Catwoman. Uh, Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Uh, Jeffrey Wright as uh, uh, James Gordon. Andy Serkis as Pennyworth. And uh, Paul Dano as the Riddler. Now, the Riddler in this movie is certainly a different take, for sure, that people are probably weren't necessarily used to, uh, for sure, given you know the last time I think we saw the Riddler... Um, on our screens was Jim Carrey in Batman Forever. So, you know, definitely a certainly different take. I mean, the whole movie itself was a very darker take on the Batman character for sure. Um, long movie. Uh, I will say that. It's a, it was a long movie. Uh, they could have shortened it up a little bit, I would say. Um, but, um, you know, obviously set up something. And again, this is like, I will t- I will say this, I keep saying this, I keep har- harping on it, but I don't know where DC is going, I don't know what they're doing in terms of their universe, if they're, this is supposed to be connected to anything, is it not supposed to connect to anything? I mean, we saw a Joker-ish character in this movie that wasn't Joaquin Phoenix, certainly wasn't Jared Leto, so, you know, is, is it just its own thing? You know, its own separate thing? Is this going to be anyway tied in with the Flash movie? Because we know in the Flash movie there's going to be multiple Batmans and whatever. I just don't, I don't know. Um, and it's just a matter of, well, okay, but where are we going from here? I mean, I imagine they're doing a sequel, but is that tied in with anything else? I don't know. But uh, anyways, yeah, so I mean, as far as the Batman movie goes, um, where would I rank it? Ah, uh, that's an interesting one. I, I might have to do like a Batman rank at some point. Uh, just rank all the Batman movies. Um, I mean, it's no Dark Knight. I'm not gonna say it's Dark Knight. Um, but it's better than Batman or Robin, for sure. Um, Batman Forever's got 
it's 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 got it's got, it's got it's you know charm to some degree. Uh, Batman Begins was a very solid movie. The original Batman '89 is obviously great as well. Batman Ri- uh, Dark Knight Rises was yeah, that's a tough watch. Again, um, you know when it first came out, I definitely enjoyed it, but you know going back and watching it. It's a bit of a tough watch sometimes um, in comparison to like The Dark Knight where it's like, yeah, I'll watch that all day. Um, and well, Batman versus Superman, I guess, if you want to throw that in there or the Justice League, I don't know. Uh, I mean, there, there was, of course, the, the cartoon one, too, but I don't know. Or, and there, obviously the Adam West one. So those are those are kind of I don't know how you would even compare those. Uh, but anyways, um, all right, that's my number five. Moving on to number four. Netflix movie came out uh so technically it got a theater release briefly, but they don't do their, they don't release any of their numbers. So, and I forget when it actually came out. I feel like it came out like a few weeks before, but it came out on Netflix on December 23rd, 92% Rotten Tomato, 81 Metacritic, 7.2 on IMDb, uh, no cinema score, obviously didn't see in theaters. Uh, and that's Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. So obviously Knives Out, great movie, came out. Was that 2019? Um, yeah, 2019. Uh, solid movie. Obviously introduced the 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 Daniel Craig's character, this this um, you know in, investigator detective guy. Uh, and uh, yeah, so this is an interesting movie. Um, you know, obviously it's got a lot of twists and turns and mystery to it. Now, my one issue was I thought I ruined my the movie for myself because I was like. Wait, who is that actress? So I look up to see who the who an actress was, and I was like, "Wait, wait, why does that say there's? Why does this say this other person's two people? Oh wait, did I just ruin something?" And while it sort of is a twist, it's not the big tw- it's not the big twist. It's not one of the bigger twists. It's like, yeah, they established that, but I I didn't totally like how you go to IMDb and it tells you that the person plays two characters because I'm like. Wait a minute, how do, how do I know that yet? I don't. I just kind of ruined something. Um, and, again, I apologize if I ruined it for you, but, like, literally I just was looking to see who the actress, one of the actresses was. And it, I mean, and I, you know, and, I don't, I guess they list the credits as they list the credits. So, you know, I guess that's my own fault, I suppose. Uh, but, no, it's a great movie, great, great cast. And you got Batista in there. Got, um... Um, Daniel, uh, Daniel, Edward Norton, um, Catherine Hahn, who am I forgetting? I'm definitely forgetting people. And now I'm gonna have to look it up. <laughs> but obviously Daniel Craig as the, the, uh, I mean, he's the only real connection from the Knives Out, you know, the original, the other movie. I mean, not that he, there needed to be more, I suppose, but, um, but it's just kind of weird. It's like, oh yeah, it's Knives Out, but it's, it's not, but it is. Because it's got the one same character. But it's like, well, I guess. Um, uh, who am I forgetting? That was also in the movie. Oh, uh, Kate Hudson. Yeah, I was like, there's someone I'm definitely like majorly forgetting. Kate Hudson, uh, Batista. Yeah, and a few other people, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, within the same vein, obviously, it's, uh, what's-his-face, Ryan Johnson, uh, writing and directing it, as he did with the first one, so, 
Uh, certainly, uh, you know, has that same sort of tone to it where, you know, it's got some comedy elements to it. But, you know, it's definitely, uh, you know, mystery and, you know, and everything. And it unravels like an onion. But it's glass onion, so I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of glass onion reference, which was a song, I guess. I mean, they definitely talk about the song. But anyways, um, very good movie. Liked it. Enjoyed it. See, I don't see. That's the thing. I don't even know if that was. I don't know if I. I don't know if I liked it as much as the first movie, but I guess that's an indication of what how I felt about the movies in general this year. Is that's that was my number four, whereas Knives Out in two thousand nineteen was my number seven. So, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I think I mean as far as movies go this year. I mean we're getting to the end of my list here, but I feel like it wasn't the greatest year for movies. I did watch 80 of them, but that that doesn't necessarily mean they were all very good. Like it's it'd be weird like if it's tough to do cuz like you're in the moment, but it'd be if like I had to put together a list from the 8 years I've been doing this uh from like top to bottom. Like what year I wonder what year would have had more like in the top 10. Like I don't know if any of the top these top 10 movies would be in my top 10 if I combined all those eight years. I'm not sure. Maybe. But I don't know. That'd be an interesting way to do it. But also, it's weird though. Because like like I said, you're doing the list in the moment. So it's like, how do I feel? Do I feel the same way from a movie from five years ago that I do now? Like, if I go back and watch that movie now, I'm going to be like, oh, why did I rank this so high? You know, I could, you know, I could have different thoughts about it. And you know, it's, it's always an interesting kind of dilemma, I think, with the Oscars as well. It's like certain years, like there's certain years where all the movies nominated could beat another, you know, like could win the Oscar and if they were in a different year. Um, but whatever. All right, moving on. Uh, number three, uh, this was a Disney movie, but I feel like it's Searchlight. Um, I think it was a Searchlight movie or something like that. Um, came out October 21st, uh, made 184 thousand dollars opening weekend 10 million uh domestic 41 worldwide 97 percent rotten tomato 87 um metacritic 7.8 imdb didn't see in theaters no cinema score because it's limited release that's the banshees of indishirin in indishirin however you say it um so i mean this this is a i mean this movie is getting a lot of hype it's getting a lot of buzz oscar worthy and sure and it was definitely a good movie it's number three on my list it's a little weird and elements but um you know obviously it's set in the i forget what it was supposed to be set i want to say like the early maybe late maybe early like 1900s the something like that um i'm trying to remember if they said specific, it said in Ireland, um, Colin Farrell, he got, um, 1923, okay, so a little bit, the end of the Irish Civil War, 1923, so there you go, no more, interesting, and this, it's a, the basic story is about these two, two friends, or at least they thought they were, at least Colin Farrell's character thought they were friends, uh, and Brendan Gleeson, but he goes to his house one day, and he just, doesn't want to hang out with them anymore. And it's like, what? What are you talking about? We hang out all the time. We go to the pub. We drink beers. 
why don't why don't we want to hang out with me anymore? And it kind of just unravels from there. It's like, well, I don't want to hang out with you anymore. But you should hang out with us. Why, why do you want to hang out? And then things get weirder and weirder and, you know, chaos. Chaos ensues, somewhat, to some degree. But, I mean, it's an interesting movie. It's a little weird to some degrees. But um, it's not the weirdest movie I saw all year, uh, for sure. But it is also not the best movie I saw. All, and that will just um, segue into the next movie, which is the A24 movie. came out March 25th. Uh, made $501,000 opening weekend, limited release opening weekend, $72 million uh, domestic, 107 worldwide, 95% Rotten Tomato, 81 IM, uh, Metacritic, 8 IMDb, no sum to score, I didn't see it in theaters, and it is everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, so, this was the movie I was discussing when I was talking about the multiverse and the best multiverse movie of the year it definitely was it did the multiverse better than doctor strange in the multiverse of madness i mean it's just so weird that the movies came out in the same year and even the beavis and butthead movie that said multiverse thing is just like okay now yes spider-man started you know did the multiverse last year with the with no way home for to some degree but it was very centric into one universe and other elements came into that universe whereas with multiverse madness and certainly this movie they go to different universes or multiverses i should say um but the other interesting thing about this movie is is the kid from indiana jones and the temple of doom and also goonies data from goonies is in this movie and it's like whoa wait a minute where's he been he was also in Cino man yes he was <laughs> um uh, I mean, I think as a favor to Sean Astin, I don't really know, but um, uh, Dan, uh, Daniel, and now I'm blanking his name, because of course I am, because I can't remember anything, uh, Daniel, uh, oh, come on, what's his name? No, Daniels are the, the Daniels, the Daniels um, are the the directors, uh, but, um, Ki-Hu Juan, that's where I'm confusing, Ki-Hu Juan or Jonathan Ki-Hu Juan, um, no, the Daniels directed, that's where I'm blanking, that was where I'm messing myself up, yeah, the Daniels directed, uh, of course, uh, Daniel, uh, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Schoenart, hmm, you may you may know them more or better before this uh, as the guys that did um, Paranormal Activity, right? That was them, right? No. Why am I? Uh, not Paranormal Activity. What am I thinking of? What did they do? I feel like they did something else. Um, Swiss Army Man? Hmm. Um. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Maybe I'm just confusing them with someone else then. Uh, all right. Well, whatever. Uh, they've done stuff, but. Okay. Yep. Sure. But then this. They did this movie. Why did I think they. Am I confusing them with other people? I don't know, but I, I, uh, I don't know. 
but whatever. They are the Daniels. They uh, went to Emerson and uh, they've done a bunch of stuff and music videos as well. Turn out for what? Apparently, okay. I don't know. I don't know. For some reason, I I don't know why I thought they did something else. But regardless, they uh yeah, they're, it's their movie. Uh, with uh yeah, so I don't know. It, I just it, the all the multiverses and all the different you know elements of it i think we're just done very well i mean it gets really weird at points i will say that but um ultimately i just thought it, of the of all the uh of all the um multiverse movies or whatever you want to call them uh certainly was the best of the year and i just thought it was uh, very in, intense at time movies but certainly enjoyable and um I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to win or anything, but uh, certainly uh, has a chance. So, all right. And that brings us to the number one movie of the year. And if you've been following along and you're like, hey, he hasn't mentioned this movie yet. I think yet. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't know where else to go with it. I mean, again, I just talked about it. I don't think this was the best movie, uh, best year for movies uh, uh, very much, but um it was hard to deny this movie. Uh, you know, a lot of people talked about it. And I didn't even see it in theaters, which I, I kind of, you know, I should have. And I feel like, you know, it, it didn't hurt that it didn't hurt the list that it, I didn't. But I feel like it hurt the experience I had a little bit that I didn't. Um, I should have seen it in theaters. Uh, it just came out at a bad time. I wasn't around a theater at the time. And the one time I did have a chance to go see it, I saw Thor, Love and Thunder instead. But uh, my number one movie, Paramount movie, came out uh, May 27th. Did $128 million, $126 million, excuse me, opening weekend. Seven, 718 domestic, one point, just a shade under $1.5 billion worldwide. 96 Rotten Tomato, 78 Metacritic, 8.4 on the IMDb. Got an A-plus cinema score. Again, I didn't see it in theaters. I waited and waited and waited for it to come out on Paramount Plus, which it finally did right around Christmas time. And it's Top Gun Maverick. Um, and again, you know, it's a good movie. It's, you know, it had all the elements to it that made it, you know, a good movie. It had the nostalgia to it factor. Um, it did very well at the box office. It got a lot of good reviews. People seemed to enjoy it. Um, it has, you know, just had that element, just that kind of a whirlwind type of thing, uh, similar to, I think, Jurassic World when that came out. Um, you know, people were ready for the dinosaurs to come back. People were in the need for speed again. You know, they wanted, wanted Tom Cruise to do something, um, you know, you know, bigger than just, you know, another Mission Impossible movie. They wanted to go back. And yes, this movie was probably supposed to come out couple years ago but you know pandemic everything got pushed back and all that and i think there was delays even before that because of something um if i remember correctly but um yeah i mean the one thing it kind of sucks more so than anything else uh was i mean val kilmer just you know val kilmer personally is you know not doing great so they but they got him in the movie i mean I think he was originally supposed to probably have a bigger role uh, than he could, but uh, regardless, he's in there, 
Um, obviously, there's no goose, but they covered that with the sun. So, I mean, it kind of all connects. You know, that's a good way to do it, I suppose. Um, now, the whole, you know, different love interest thing, okay, I, I don't know. I feel like they could have at least done something with the original character there or had Meg Ryan do something too because she didn't you know I don't know but regardless um yes there's a lot of you know member berries for sure uh, a lot of nostalgia a lot of same elements buzzing the tower and all that stuff but I mean that's just that's part of the nostalgia I mean you know and ultimately am I gonna watch this movie again in a few years and be like ah it was just of the time, you know, and I feel like a lot of people did that with Star Wars, uh, um, uh, Force Awakens, where everyone was just so excited to have Star Wars and have it be not be a crappy prequel <laughs> and have all the characters you liked and everything you originally from the original Star Wars that everything was there. Um, and then it's like, well, is this that good of a movie, though, when you go back and watch it? It's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I still enjoy it, but I could see that happening with this movie, too. But ultimately, I just felt like out of all the movies I saw this year um, and everything, it just was the best. It doesn't make it, make it the best movie of all time, but it was just out of everything. I just It was the best of the movies. <laughs> so there you go. That's my list. Um whether you disagree or agree, let me know. Hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, or comments, wherever you can comment. Uh, and yeah, let me know. So there you go, Top Gun Maverick. I'm sure it's number one on a lot of people's lists. But, so I'm not going crazy out of the realm here. Uh, be off the page or something like that. But um, um, there you go. Alright, so let's move on to the Oscars. Make some predictions. So yeah, Jimmy Kimmel is the host. Of the Oscars this year, he did it a couple times before. One of the, of course, the more notable time he did it, uh, there was the whole hoopla at the end when they uh, they announced La La Land and it was the wrong envelope and they had to you know backtrack and it's like oh actually Moonlight won, oh no blah 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 whatever. Um, but um, you know the one thing I'm daring the Oscars to do now and and this was just Jimmy Kimmel doing it on his own and he may have mentioned they may have already done something like this on the jimmy kimmel show i don't watch it enough to know but obviously this is a running joke with him and matt damon if somehow matt damon doesn't come on stage and slap jimmy kimmel i don't know what we're doing like how if that doesn't happen i don't know what we're doing now see i know the oscars probably not still not very happy about will smith coming on the stage and slapping chris rock last year and I get it, so maybe they don't want to do that. There was a whole lot of backlash with Will Smith and all that. So maybe they don't, they kind of want to shy away from that. And fine, whatever. But like, I mean, if I'm writing the show and I'm, you know, Jimmy Kimmel and whatever, I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. Jimmy Kimmel makes a joke about Matt Damon. You know he's going to. He always does. Matt Damon gets up on, I mean, if Matt Damon's going to be there, I mean, I would imagine he would be i don't know he's got the new mike nike movie coming out he's got to probably present a, an award uh, you got to promote the movie so you'd have him come up on stage and slap jimmy kimmel right right i mean you have to i don't know if it doesn't happen i don't know what we're doing it's supposed to be entertaining um it's acting i get it i mean i remember what was i don't know i forget what year it was 
maybe 2002, 2001, somewhere in that time frame. I remember the previous year on the MTV Movie Awards. No, it must have been the Music Awards. MTV Video Music Awards. The dude from Rage Against the Machine like climbed the thing and everyone's like, what the hell's going on? And then the next year they made fun of it with Will Ferrell. Um, so I mean, it's been sort of done before, but I mean, you gotta you gotta lean into it. You gotta do it. I don't know how Will Smith or Chris Rock will feel about it, but you just gotta do it. You gotta do it. You gotta, you gotta do it. Play it up. You know, do it comedically. Don't you, know, you don't have to be serious about it, but you gotta you gotta do something with it. Um, and Will and, and Matt Damon and Jimmy Kimmel's perfect. Unless you want to get Ben Affleck involved somehow too. I don't know. I don't know. But regardless. Um, Oh, man. See, that actually would make more sense. I don't know. Uh, whatever, whatever, whatever. I mean, it makes more sense with Matt Damon just because Jimmy Kimmel always has this thing with Matt Damon, but if it was Ben Affleck and Jimmy Kimmel made fun of J-Lo somehow, I feel like that would even work better. But whatever, whatever, whatever. We'll see We'll see what happens. Um, all right, let's. but let's get to the uh, awards. So we're going to do the top six, you know, the big categories. So we'll start with supporting actress, uh, Angela Bassett for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever as Queen Ramon, Ramonda, Ramonda, Ramonda. Uh, Han Chow from The Whale as Liz. I didn't see The Whale, so I got nothing. Uh, Carrie Condon from The Banshees of Indusheran as Siobhan Sullivan, or however you say it. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis from uh, Everything, Every, Everything Everywhere All at Once as Deidre Biadre, however you say her name. Uh, uh, Stephanie Hugh from Everything Everywhere All at Once as Joy Wang slash Jobu Tupaki. Tupaki? Um, all right, I mean, this is an interesting one because I did see most of these movies. I haven't seen The Whale, so I don't really know. I can't really say much about that. But of these ones, uh, I, I, Jamie Lee Curtis, I mean, she, she's got an interesting character in that movie, but I don't feel like it's there enough for, for it to, to, to Matt, to, to, I don't know, to, I don't know, Stephanie Chu, yeah, I feel like that one's a better, but I feel like maybe they are going to cancel each other out a little bit, uh, Angela Bassett was fine in Black Can- Black Panther Wakanda Forever, so fine, I don't know, uh, but Carrie Condon, I think for Banshees of Indusheran, I think she's going to win, I probably should look up the odds, uh, see what the odds on favorites are but i'm gonna do that afterwards just out of curiosity um but there's my pick now is that who i think should win i think so i think so uh best supporting actor we got brendan gleason for the banshees of indesheran again as colm uh, doherty uh brian tyree henry whose name i was trying to remember from the bullet train uh, but he's nominated for Causeway with as James Coyne. Didn't see it, so I don't know. Judd Hirsch for the Fablemans as Boris uh, Schreidkraut. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. Barry Keegan from the band Bindishi, the band the Banshees of Indusheran as Dominic Kearney and Kihyo Juan John Jonathan whatever you want to call him uh, from Everything All at Once as Wayman Wang. Um. Judd Hirsch is in that movie for, like, two minutes. Like, literally, he's in the movie for, like, two minutes. I don't understand how he gets a, a Best Supporting Actor nod. He's fine. He plays an element in the movie, but, like, I just don't... 
I don't get how he's... I mean, he's not in the movie very long, so whatever. Uh, I mean, supporting actor, not, you know, best actor or whatever. Uh, Brandon Gleeson and Barry Keegan, I just, I hope, I don't know if they're going to cancel each other. I Brandon Gleeson, I feel like, would be the better of the two. Barry Keegan, you know, he's in it for a bit, but I feel like he's not as much of a main character, so it's interesting. But for me, I mean, Brian Tyree, I mean, I didn't see Causeway, so I can't really say. Uh, Kihyo Kwan, I mean, Data, Short Round, he's back, movies, I'm going with him. Now, will he win? I don't know. I mean, I could see Brian Tyree Henry winning, maybe. I just don't, I haven't seen that movie, so I don't know. It's tough to, tough. I, if Judd Hurst wins, I'm just be like, I don't know what we're doing. Because, like, I don't get it, but whatever. All right, moving on. We got Best Actress. We got Kate, Kate Blanchett for in Tar as Lynn, Lydia Tar. Tar? Tar? Maybe? I don't know. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Anna de Armas from Blonde uh, as Norma Jean Mortison slash Marilyn Monroe. Andrea Riseborough to Leslie as Leslie Rollins. Michelle Williams from The Fablemans as Mitzi Stridekraut Fableman. And Michelle Yeoh from Everything All at Once as Evelyn Kwan Wang. Um, I've been hearing a lot of stuff from about Anna de Armas winning. Um... I didn't see that movie. I mean, I saw the Fablemans with Michelle Williams. I saw I saw the Michelles basically. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's Daniels. There's Michelles. There's all that. Uh, I could see Michelle Yao winning. It's Michelle Williams, I suppose. I mean, Clay Planchett and Andrea Riseborough. I didn't see those movies, so I don't know. But and I didn't see Blonde either. But I'm hearing a lot of stuff. So I'm gonna go with Anna De Armas. Just because I've heard stuff, I don't. I, I really don't know. Um, now for for best actor, we got Austin Butler for Elvis as Elvis Presley, Colin Farrell from Banshees of Indusherin as Patrick uh, Sullivan, or however you say his name. Uh, Brendan Fraser uh, from Brendan Fraser for the Whale as Charlie. Interesting to note with Brendan Fraser and Ki Hyung Won. Both nominated. There's two people from Encino Man nominated for acting awards. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. I don't know what that means, but it's a thing. Um, uh, for the whale as Charlie, uh, Paul Mescal for After Sun as Calm Peters Patterson, and Bill Nye as uh, from Living as Mr. Rodney Williams. Now I didn't see any of those three other three movies, so I. Just can talk about Colin Farrell and Austin Butler. A lot of there's a lot of been a buzz about Brendan Fraser, but more so because of what he went through to do that character. And then there was a lot of backlash because he's playing a gay character and he's not gay. And I don't know, um, whatever. Uh, but I think I gotta go to Austin Butler. Just I mean, because I think he was really good as Elvis. So uh, that's that's my pick. Um, so next up we got best director. Now, a lot of times in the past, best director and best picture have kind of been tied together, but I feel like that hasn't happened as much more recently. It's been a little more 
there's been a bit more discrepancy between those. But uh, nominated for Best Director is Martin McDonough for Banshee, Banshees of Indusheeran. Uh, the Daniels, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Sheeran. Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. Todd Field for Tar. And Ruben Ostland Osh- for tri- Triangle of Sadness. Now, I didn't see those last two movies, so I can't really speak to them. But I don't know. I've been getting the Daniel vibes. So... I mean, Spielberg, fine, but, and you know, I don't know. But I'm going to go with Daniels. And then finally, for Best Picture, we got All Quiet on the Western Front. Didn't see it. Avatar The Way of the Water. It was number 21 on my list. Banshees into Sheeran was number 3 on my list. Elvis was number 10 on my list. Everything All at Once was number 2 on my list. Fablemans was, what was it, 18 or something? Uh, yep, yeah, 18 on my list. Um, Tar, didn't see. Top Gun Maverick was number one on my list. Triangle of Sadness, I didn't see. And Woman Talking, I didn't see. So I can't really speak to ones I didn't see. I mean, for me, my number one was to- to- Top Gun Maverick. I don't think it's going to win. So for my number two, was everything all, everything everywhere all at once. And that goes along with my best director. But again, that hasn't always been, that hasn't recently been the, been, been matched up. But I think I'm gonna go with it. Why not? Everything, everywhere, all at once. Alright, so that does it. Those are my Oscar predictions. But before we go, I'm just gonna look at the odds real quick. Um, odds on favorite. Oscars. Odds for Oscars. I don't. I don't know if you can bet on this stuff. I know sports books just went live, and all oh, the apps just went live, Massachusetts. But that's just sports. I don't think you can actually bet on the Oscars in um, Massachusetts, anyways. I'm sure you can in uh, Nevada. But all right. So the odds on favorite right now. Is everything everywhere all at once and a minus seven hundred? So I think I think I got a pretty good, yeah. I think that's uh, the Banshees of Indusheeran is plus eleven hundred. All Quiet on the Western Front plus fourteen hundred. Top Gun Maverick plus twenty nine hundred. Fablemans plus twenty nine hundred. Tar plus sixty five hundred. Elvis plus eight thousand. Uh, Avatar: The Way of the Water plus ten thousand. Triangle of Sadness plus ten thousand. When talking plus ten thousand. So. I think I'm pretty, pretty solid on that one. Um, the best actor odds, Brendan Fraser, like I said, he's got the, you know, he's gotten the the buzz. Minus 160, but Austin Butler, not too far off. One plus 105. Uh, Colin Farrell, plus 1,100. Paul Mescal, plus 4,100. Bill, now plus 8,000. Uh, uh, best actresses odds. Okay, so this one's interesting. I guess maybe I heard wrong <laughs> because if you're looking at the odds michelle yao is actually favorite minus eight, uh 180 then kate blanchett one 125 uh andrea riseborough plus 2900 michelle williams plus 3400 and anna de armas so uh, yikes plus 6500 so maybe i got that one wrong uh best directors um 
the Daniels minus 1800. Jesus. <laughs> so I guess they're going to win. Uh, Steven Spielberg plus 850. Uh, Todd Field plus 2900. Michael McDonough plus 3500. Ruben Osland plus 6500. Uh, screenplays, adapted screenplays, and doing that stuff. Uh, best supporting actor odds. K-Hyun Kwan, however you say it, Jonathan Data, short round, minus 2,000, so I guess that one pretty much seems to be on point. Uh, Barry Keegan, uh, plus 140, I'm sorry, plus one, probably 1,400. Uh, Brendan Gleeson, plus 1,800. Judd Hirsch, plus 3,400. Brian Tyree Henry, plus 4,200. And the Best Supporting Actress, Angela Bassett, plus 130. That's surprising. Jamie Lee Curtis, plus 165. Carrie Condon, plus 175. So that's very close between them three. And then Stephanie Hugh, or Stephanie Hugh, I don't know, power is that, plus 3400. And Hong Chow, plus 3400 as well. So, all right. So, other than my Anna de Armas pick, I feel like I'm in pretty good shape for my picks uh, for the most part. Um, but we'll see how it all plays out um, uh, later on tonight. So, yeah, uh, enjoy the Oscars tonight um, and uh, come back next week in a few days, really. In a few days, um, March Madness is starting up, coming up on, well, technically Tuesday because that's when the, the fi- first four games start. But Thursday is really stuff really gets started. And I'm going to try. It's This is going to be a weird one. So you've heard me make my picks year after year, and that's fine. I'm going to try to get Drew to do it this year. I mean, I'm going to get him definitely to do... Uh, uh, he did one last year. Um, I mean, he may have even done one the year before. A bracket. But I want to get him on the podcast doing it. So we'll see if I can coerce him to, to do it. Um, it may take a while, so he might. And then... Then a couple weeks after that, we got WrestleMania weekend, and we'll be be covering all that. So uh, come back for all that goodness. Uh, but thank you, everyone, for listening. We made it for another year. The movie Ranks Countdown did 80 this year. My goal is for 2023 to do 100. Will I get there? I don't know, but I will try my best to get to 100. Um, it's going to be tough. I don't know if I can do it, but I'm going to try. Um, but thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, come back next time. If you haven't yet, again, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, or Amazon. Uh, follow me at, or check out the blog, RazorVader at blogspot.com. Follow me at uh, at One Man Renegade, Instagram, uh, and Twitter. One Man Renegade Productions page on Facebook. One Man Renegade Production channel on YouTube. And also Razor Vader on eBay. So yeah, all that fun stuff. Do all that. But thank you everyone for listening. Stay safe. Have fun. Enjoy the Oscars. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.